How Do I Book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Mary Payton. I'm Christina. I'm Grace. And today we're discussing what the hell is a style guide? <laughs> Whoa. What the hell is a style guide? Sorry for cussing at you guys. So sorry. <laughs> but it's it's so necessary in this topic. Well, yeah. I think it's really important to start at the very beginning um, on the day I was born. No. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my experience. And y'all tell me if you had the same experience. When okay. I was in, I think, probably late high school, but definitely in college, I would write a paper for a class and the teacher would say, use... Chicago citation style use MLA citation style and I would do that and years later when I became an editor I realized that I had been using a style guide but like such a small portion of it without realizing why 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 yeah (laughs) no one explained it did y'all have similar experiences in college yes yeah I mean uh, you know same thing just told here is the topic to write on or pick your own topic and you know just focusing on the minute details of how to use that style guide but not on the big picture of why we want to do it that way and why consistency is important yeah i just don't think i realized in college that not only that there was a code for how to use grammar but that there were like multiple and that it changes depending on what you are writing yeah same mm-hmm when I was in college, obviously I used mostly MLA. That, that's what the humanities yeah. use is mm-hmm. MLA. Yeah, and then I think I randomly took a psychology class by accident and I had to use AP. <laughs> Whoops, I'm in psychology now. So that was weird. <laughs> it was a weird time. <laughs> yeah, I remember having to use Chicago Citation Guide. And I'm saying Citation Guide because I did not ever look at any part of the style guide. Like, I was just using the citation method. And I think I used Chicago for, like, some history class. But, like, you wouldn't even go to the guide. Like, you would go to easybib.com and it would do it for you. Yeah, easybib, classic. You're so separated from the actual source material. So what the hell is a style guide? That's a great question. (laughs) So... I mean, it's a book. Yeah. Honestly, when I graduated from college, I went straight into an internship at a small press and I panic bought at Barnes & Noble, uh, the Chicago Manual of Style. Oh my God. How Um, did you afford that? Honestly, (laughs) that was my entire, my entire like weekly food budget. So, so expensive. Do you remember how much it was then? It wasn't that much. Well, I think. I don't know. I think it was at least like $100. Maybe I'm wrong. She said it wasn't that much. No, because at first I was like, maybe it was like $40. But then I was like, that feels wrong. The newest edition. Here, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. Because I honestly. Are we on the 17th or the 18th edition? We're on the 17th. Yeah. The edition I bought was the 16th. It's of yeah, no that one's use real to me cheap now. now yeah. <laughs> um, you can get the sh- the 17th edition from Amazon for $40. Oh, okay. Well, then. 
A style guide is like it's like I don't even know where to start. Like, what is what does style mean? Like, let's start right. there. Oh like, my what god, is, what is it a guide to? I think that the word style is maybe like misleading here yes. because a lot of times in editing we talk about style being the author's like voice and approach. You know, like kind of mm-hmm. like your outfit is your style. Everyone's yeah. wearing an outfit, but it's your style, babe. It's your style that makes it different too, which is the most misleading thing. Yeah, here because right. the style guide is really the way to make it consistent with all the other. Yeah, yeah. it's about uniformity. Yeah, right. It is about uniformity. It's like a code. It's a code for how to use grammar. And so, like, I would probably call it like a grammar guide or like a form, even maybe even like a form guide. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's like tons of different style guides. Some of the big ones we've already mentioned. Publishing, book publishing in America, um, non-academic book publishing, uses Chicago Manual of Style, also called CMS. Obviously, we like type it to each other a lot, and we're not going to type out all those words. (laughs) Another one that we mentioned was AP, which is the Associated Press's Style Guide. There's also MLA, the Modern Language Association Style Guide, which is used. I don't know what that's used for in adulthood, because we still work in the humanities, but we don't. I don't know. Right. It's not our job to know about MLA. We've transcended, okay? (laughs) There's also APA, which is psychology. Oh, yeah. That's different Mm -hmm. from AP. Oh, my God. Well, then maybe. So I really just like completely failed that psychology class (laughs) using AP. Should have been using APA the whole time. You were like, I'm using the guide. (laughs) Ah, crap. (laughs) Beyond these like big published style guides for like different fields you can also have really specific style guides if you start working for like the washington times or something as like a random publication they'll use a certain style guide and i literally don't even i guess it's the ap style guide because i don't i don't i you know what i actually don't know i'm actually only gonna say things for sure about chicago because that's all i know (laughs) but if you start working for the washington post not only will they use a style guide like Chicago or like AP or whatever, but they will probably also have an in-house style guide with how they specifically format certain things. And we do that at Wildling too. So we use the Chicago Manual of Style, like all publishers, you know, all fiction publishers in the United States. And the Chicago Manual of Style also says that we should also be using the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. So those two go kind of hand in hand. And I'm not sure if other style guides recommend like other dictionaries. But then on top of that, we have certain things that like we've talked about. Like there's the great like ebook versus e-book debate. And we had to decide how we're going to style that because I think for a while there we like weren't agreeing with whatever Merriam Webster said. Let me see what it says now. Oh yeah, we're like, get with the times, Merriam Webster. <laughs> yeah, Webster's hyphenates it and like I'm pretty sure that we don't vibe with that. Is that right? I think that's true. Yeah. Okay. We were having this debate about ebook and then also pre order. Mm. I kind of when I'm when I'm thinking about the word pre order, there's a there's a hyphen. So I don't know what if we were just trying to just leave that out completely, I don't know. I'm going to leave in the actual sounds of me actually using Merriam-Webster's <laughs> to figure this out. Well, and here's the fun thing about using a style guide is Merriam-Webster's, which isn't even, it's not even the style guide. It's the style guide's preferred dictionary. Merriam-Webster's literally says that it can have a hyphen or, or not have a hyphen. Wow. And so that's like the frustrating part of sometimes in Chicago, you'll like look up this really specific grammatical issue and you'll like turn a lot of pages and you'll be like a freaking Sherlock Holmes and you'll finally find it and then it's like eh, do whatever you want yeah. <laughs> it's like Chicago dang it or it'll tell you a lot of times it'll say technically you can do this one 
but the preferred one or the more formal one is this way. And you're like, okay, well, am I formal or am I not? What am I doing? And then you have some, you have a bit of wiggle room there, but it's still a little confusing. Or Chicago Manual of Style says that you should spell out numbers from one to 100. And then beyond that, you should use the numerals unless you'd rather just do one through 10. And then use the numerals for the rest of them. And it's like you have to look at whatever you're editing and be like, how are numbers used in this? Which code makes more sense for this book? Yeah. And I was going to give an example. I've, I've worked with a book where basketball scores were a really big part of the story. Oh. Um, it sounds crazy to say now, but, you know, basketball scores, even though they can get really high, generally those are under 100 but to see those written out numbers for basketball game scores like all through the page that would look just weird looked so strange yeah so that was that was a case where we had to really think about it and really you know make sure we were being consistent but we did choose to use numerals instead of writing them out yeah, yeah. makes sense it's important to to not be a robot about it totally totally important like the Chicago Manual of Style is useless without, like, an interpreter. Yeah. And so maybe it's time to brag a little bit on editors. So I think that, I mean, if you're an author listening to this, it might sound really overwhelming. You're like, I don't want to spend $40 on a book that I'll spend two hours pouring through only to not find the right answer. Guess what? You don't have to. That's, like, the thing is that that's what an editor is for. Like, no one expects you as a writer, to have all of the rules of commas memorized. Commas. Ugh. Commas. Wow. <laughs> Don't even get me started about commas. <laughs> so no editor is going to be like, oh, this stupid author doesn't know where commas go. I would never. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. But it's like their job to just fix it for you. And like they're going to find the answer to that to that question. If, if they're wondering about a comma, they're going to hunt down that answer. And if they can't find the answer, they're going to make like the most educated decision about about where to go from here. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of getting a good editor to someone with some real experience, because those kinds of decisions when the style guide doesn't really make it clear or the story, it, it doesn't really fit quite into that role or the situation that you want someone on your side who is like who knows about the book industry in general, who knows about books previously that they've done and things that have worked and things that haven't. Yeah. And I will say to brag on Wildling a little bit, you know, we all love each other so much <laughs> at Wildling. She says while laughing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just that my joy is emanating. Oh, is okay. What's happening? Sorry. <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but we, we all feel super comfortable. We've worked with each other for so long. All the editors have worked together for so long. And so I will just so happily just pose a question to one of my fellow editors and be like, hey, what have you done in the past? Or have you come across this before? And so we're we're always talking to each other and asking questions and making sure that we're all kind of on the same page about uh, about things, especially when it comes to editing decisions. Yeah. The flip side of you don't have to learn this, your editor will learn this for you is like, because of all of this, it's important to remember that your editor, while you're being edited, your editor is like not making up their grammatical recommendations. Sometimes you'll will work with an author where it, it's kind of clear that they don't they don't understand that there is a code that we are using. Mm-hmm. 
they're like, well, I don't feel like this comma goes here. And it's like, well, objectively, it does. Yeah. Like using this code. All of their grammatical recommendations are coming from somewhere. They're coming from a rule, a rule within a rule, a rule by omission (laughs) that they have found in the Chicago Manual of Style. And like if you're working with an editor, any editor, and you're confused about why they're making a recommendation, then just ask them to explain to you uh, what, what rule it is they're using. This is kind of annoying to do for like a whole edit. But if they want to, they can tell you almost like a Bible first, where exactly in the Chicago manual they have found this rule. Mm-hmm. Um, it has like numbers for each little section, but like they're bringing their grammatical corrections from somewhere, from a source. Um, and just because you don't understand that doesn't mean that it, that's not where it's coming from. Sometimes it's hard to explain why this rule makes sense here. Like sometimes it's really complicated. Sometimes there's like several rules at play. It's like this does this, but not when this happens. And then you do this. It's like, oh my God. So true. Gosh, I'm trying to think of examples. And of course my mind is blank now, but I'm sure as soon as I get off of here and go start working on an edit, I'll think of plenty. Yeah. Yeah. It can be hard as an author, as someone who takes pride in their writing and their skill and a lot of authors are people who have, you know, who, who may be have been English majors in college or whatever training that they've gotten in writing well and in using style guides even. I feel like almost the better you are at that stuff and the more trained, the harder it is sometimes to adapt because it's constantly changing. Yeah. You know, the style guide, it's frustrating for us who are professionals in this industry who have to always have the newest style guide because it can be really... It can get expensive, right? Updating That's it all the time. That's why we have the online membership. That's right. <laughs> so important. Yeah, it is. Worth, I, think, I think at the beginning I said a style guide is a book, but it is also a very elaborate website. <laughs> man, so it's so much easier, too, to just, like, type in what you're looking for in that oh, little man, search yeah. bar. For some things, I think the website's easier. And then for some things, I'm like, I need to, I need to look at a proper index for this. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's constantly changing, too. Like, I remember learning rules in college or elementary school that, you know, I was an English major and a total nerd. So I was like, oh, yeah, I know this complicated rule really well. It's so and then they change it on you. So your editor is also up to date on those kinds of things. So everything we use is definitely a wildling, but they should at any publishing company be using the the most up to date source. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Anyone who's still hyphenating the word email. Oof. Yeah. yeah. I see th- I see that out in the world. In the wild. In the wild. <laughs> I'm like, that's a set- that's not just an electronic mail. That's like its own thing now. Yeah. <laughs> I do also want to mention, we've talked a lot about how we use um, Chicago Manual for our edits, but designers use it as well. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of information about parts of a book and the order of things. Uh, like... What order should your front matter be in? What order should your back matter be in? What is recto? What is verso? You know, like a ton of stuff like that, um, which is so helpful uh, to book designers and making um, books look the way that they should. Yeah. And again, just like with the edit, we don't approach that list like bookmaking robots. Like, Mm -hmm. I think Chicago recommends that a book's acknowledgments go at the end of the book. But every once in a while, an author requests that the acknowledgments go in the beginning of the book. And like sometimes that feels really appropriate to have the thanks come before the text, even though that's not exactly what Chicago says or like whatever other random thing. Yeah. 
I think this relates as well to a lot of authors who want to who want to who are choosing to self-publish like they'd prefer to do that which is just fine a lot of them don't know if it's worthwhile to you know self-publish but maybe hire a designer Mm -hmm. and get someone specifically like that because there are lots of things out there (laughs) amazon um that certainly make you feel like all you got to do is upload something and then you're gonna have this perfect little book out there yeah. Uh, that's another, that's a whole another topic. All another, I'll add it to the episode. Later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the, like Grace said, a really professional designer in a publishing company follows that style guide, knows what has to be in your book in what order and what other things you can sort of play around with. And that's really hard to navigate on your own. I know. When I think of self-publishing, I'm like, man, that author has to be an expert in so many things. Yeah. Right. And, and like, the odds are that they are probably not. Yeah. And that, you know, that's why we don't recommend just YOLO upload to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but we will address that in a later episode. Yeah, yeah. And, like, another thing with if an author was, like, I'm going to edit my own manuscript. And here, I l- listened to this awesome podcast episode. And I bought the Chicago Manual of Style for $40 from Amazon. And I'm going to use the Chicago Manual of Style to edit my own manuscript. But... What I worry about with someone who's not a trained editor trying to use the Chicago menu of style is like, I worry that they maybe like wouldn't even know what grammatical issues in their manuscript would raise enough flags to go like look up that issue in in the manual, you Mm -hmm. know, like if they put a comma somewhere, they must think it belongs there enough and they might not even think to look up if it goes there or they might not have the background knowledge to put it into words good enough to look it up in the index. And, you know, that's not to dis authors that's just like not your job like writing and editing are different jobs and there's a lot of overlap but just to go back to the refrain of like no editor expects you to be this good at editing that's why you hire an editor it doesn't just have to do with whether you have that training or not it also has to do with just the fact that it's very difficult and tricky to edit your own work god yes in that kind of way of course we want to see submissions where you've thought about how you've written things and you've gone back to do some editing yourself and some proofreading for sure. But, you know, if you've written it in the first place, like I tell a lot of my, a lot of the authors that I work with who, especially in fantasy, where you've created this whole world and this Mm -hmm. whole, all these scenes that are new and you see them in your head perfectly as an author, but an editor can go through and be like, I don't know what you're saying here. Or, you know, like, right. Or because your wording is a little awkward here, and this is less about a style guide, I guess, sorry, I'm going on a tangent. It's very hard to separate your time as an author and an editor. And so getting someone outside of yourself to do that editing work is really important. Yeah. I'm an editor, and I have queried a book before that had a spelling error in the first sentence because I just didn't catch it. And wow, when I discovered I'd been querying to like hundreds of agents this manuscript that had a spelling error in the first sentence, I'm pretty sure I cried for like three days. I was like, I don't deserve to write ever again. (laughs) Break all my fingers. Oh, my God. (laughs) So what it really comes down to with using a style guide is consistency. And like that is the name of the game. If you are writing a book, it needs to be consistent from cover to cover. That's not to say that like all of our books that we publish have to be consistent with each other. 
different genres, different age ranges, might do things a little bit differently. But within a book, it has to be consistent. If you are spelling out the number 76 on page four, you need to also be spelling out the the number 76 on page 394. It's all about consistency. And that's why we use this style guide is so that we can be going back to the same rules, making the same decisions for like an entire book. Beautifully said. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. As we wrap up, do you guys have any final thoughts or words of advice? I almost feel like I need to Google like like a Chicago manual style intro guide so that like I think it would probably be really oh man maybe we should write it but I think it would probably be really helpful for authors to understand like the very basics of Chicago without having to like invest their time money energy in like the whole thing yeah we should for example oh go ahead Oh, no, I was just going to like back you up and okay. hype you up and say that's a great idea because <laughs> like, but then I was starting to get stressed also in that moment because I'm like, how do you even like get the highlights? Like, how no, do I know. You- I'm going to Google and see if there's one. So okay, that okay, I don't okay. Have to write it. But like, you know, there's certain things that the, that Chicago Manual of Style does that like would probably be good for a writer. Like, for example, we haven't even mentioned this yet and I'm proud of us, but I'm going to mention it now. The Oxford comma. Oof. A style guide, like AP style guide, which is used for publication, uh, we do publications, which is used for like, um, what am I trying to say? Like oh, journalism. journalism. Yeah. yeah. I was like the media publications. They don't use the Oxford comma because they try to save as much space as possible. But like Chicago insists on the Oxford comma. And so like that's something that all fiction writers in America should be using the Oxford comma. That's like the cereal comma. If you're if you have like a list of three, you're like, I'm going to the store to get breads, bacon and avocados because I said breads, <laughs> <laughs> just like a variety of breads. Um, we're just doing like this avocado toast bar. You would put a comma between all of those breads, comma, bacon, <laughs> comma and avocado. That's a, cere- a cereal slash Oxford comma. There's like some very basic rules that you can learn. I I don't advise any author to just be like, I'm going to memorize the Chicago Manual of Style so I can be the best writer ever. I feel like a writer's time is much better spent developing their storytelling craft. Yeah. And also, like, that would be impossible. (laughs) I think, like, trying to, to memorize the Chicago Manual of Style is just like, I can't really imagine doing that. I think that we've all just through doing many, many edits, have become familiar with loads of the rules and we can make quick editing decisions because of that. But it's a reference book. I mean, that's what you're supposed to be using it as. So never feel that pressure to like learn it all and like know it all because as we've mentioned a bunch of times at this point, but I'll say it again, you you would have an editor whose job it is, um, who has been trained using the Chicago Manual of Style to catch those things and to use that book as the reference material it is intended to be. So just as a last thought, I wanted to plug our Emerging Authors Program, uh, which is a great program for authors who are either just starting out or just are just starting out writing or just starting out in the publishing industry. Because in that program, your editor that specifically works with you throughout the process really... We say handholding, which sounds uh, kind of belittling. We don't mean like <laughs> like really handholding, but I, I prefer the shepherding. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's way better. But your editor is really there in a more one-on-one kind of way with you, walking you through each of these edits. So, um, yeah. you know, we have a couple of authors in that program right now, and going through the edits, we have more of that time to spend 
really discussing why things have to be the way that they are according to the style guide and how that's going to benefit you. And then we've definitely seen it before where a debut author takes what they've learned and moves into their next book, maybe in a series or in a separate story, um, and really uses what they've learned and really blossoms as an author. Yes, that's the best yeah. feeling. Yeah. Yeah. The best compliment as an editor to get from an author is, you've made me a better writer. Oof. <laughs> Gets me every time. I'm crying. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you like, man, if they if they email that to you, you like screenshot it and you save it forever. I know. I do. I, just, I do that. Yeah, I yeah. straight up do that. I take screenshots of my favorite emails and like comments from authors because mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like in the text. It's like a comment where it's like, wow, you've got a great perspective. And I'm like, I'm saving this for later. <laughs> <laughs> when I really need it. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you book. This episode was written and edited by Christina Kahn. Logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Theme music produced by Jason Hurd.